Hello and welcome to Overthinking and Overtalking, a podcast about two sisters and life experiences with me, Barney Knight, and my sister, Karis Knight. We will be talking about issues that affect us all, from mental health to everyday women who inspire us and everything gritty in between. We'd love to hear from you, the listener, with any topics you would like us to discuss, any questions on previous episodes or stories you would like to share. Our email is overthinkingovertalking at gmail.com or DM us on Insta at overthinking underscore overtalking. So a brief introduction to us. I'm Bryony. I'm 35, a single mum to a nine-year-old. I also have four cats, so literally the crazy cat lady. I have a lovely plethora of mental health issues such as generalised anxiety disorder, depression and agoraphobia. Although the lockdown has actually helped with the latter as now I just want to get out of my house. And I'm Karis. I'm 31. I work as a full-time dental nurse. Last year, me and my partner bought a house that we are currently renovating, suffered with anxiety and depression for as far back as I can remember. I'm someone who speaks their mind, loves a debate and likes to be challenged, even though my anxiety can make that hard at times. In this episode, we will be talking about depression. We both have a very personal connection with depression and my sister had one of the worst times in her life suffering with it so far. Then, of course, there is the other side of that, how it affects the people around you. This episode, we will be talking in depth about our experiences with depression, how it affected us at the time and moving forward. Bryony, how would you describe depression? So for me, depression is a very selfish illness that takes over your whole life and your thoughts. When I say selfish, I don't mean it in the way you think I may. It's selfish because all you think about is yourself, but not in a good way. You think you're worthless, you think you're a burden to everyone around you, no matter how much they tell you otherwise. Basically, your thoughts are just constantly attacking you and trying to fight against them is absolutely exhausting. What are your thoughts on what depression is? I agree. And I think when you say it's selfish, I think people get the real wrong end of the stick because it does make you think about yourself a lot. It makes you, you know, question everything, question friendships and really go into overdrive sometimes. And and like you said, as much as people can reassure you that you're not a burden and that you they can help and and talking it out and things like that but you don't want to sometimes because the depression is like no one wants to hear you talk about that again yeah no one wants you to go on and on about that same subject that that's upsetting you or making you depressed because you've said it 50 times already and it can and that's the way it makes you selfish because you do want to when you get to the point where you can talk about your depression it makes you want to talk about it all the time and and some friends can find that difficult because you do talk about yourself a lot yeah. but it is a way of of working through things right so do you want to start by telling us your story of, of when it got really bad oh god yeah okay um well first of all i just want to say this is a really hard episode for me um personally because of the experience i went through so if my voice gets croaky or choked up I'm sorry to our listeners but that's just the way it is um so my story is I had a very real and scary experience with depression a few years ago um I'm still not 100% sure what caused it but I have an idea that it was a build-up of anger and grief from losing my dad when I was a teenager and not dealing with it properly at the time And then I had a breakdown of a relationship while juggling motherhood, work and doing a degree. I mean, it's no wonder I'm (laughs) mad, really. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I I have had little bouts of depression here and there, but I've never had, I've never felt as bad as I felt this time. Yeah. 
it just all got on top of me and I just couldn't cope anymore. But I did the right thing and I went to the doctors and they prescribed me antidepressants. Hmm. At the time of going to the doctors and just the relief of sort of telling a professional and telling someone that, you know, I wasn't coping and having like the magic pill that was going to make everything right again, relieved it for a little while. So I kind of came out of it for a bit. Yeah. But that wasn't long lasting at all. Um, the medication wasn't working. So I kept going back to the doctors over and over again and they kept upping my meds um, until I was on the max dose. Um, I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting any better. My mum wanted me to come off the medication, but I was too scared to stop. Yeah. Because I think I'd had that brief, like, bit of relief at the start. I thought, well, maybe that'll come back. It was a crutch. Yeah. As well. Like, yeah. Like you said, you felt like it would be the magic pill that would solve it all, which obviously wasn't the case in the end. But I think that's a lot of the reason why you didn't want to come off it was because... I was we, too scared. Yeah. And we had many a conversation about, you know, maybe coming off. And, and it you know, everybody who suffers with things and then gets prescribed medication sometimes doesn't want to come off it because it was worse before Yeah, they went on the medication. Even though it's still not right... It then was, you know, the, the think, thought of going back. I think when a doctor's sort of telling you, okay, yeah. well, just up it and, and maybe that'll work. You think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. You just, like, they're a doctor. You take their advice. You yeah. think they know what's best. And most of the time they do. Um, but, yeah, it it didn't get any better. It got worse. It The only way I can sort of describe it is just a deep black hole of despair um that I couldn't see a way out of I just I didn't want to be here anymore um I wanted to die to stop the pain so yeah it it kind of came to the worst point any person with depression can reach which is um suicidal thoughts yeah and it came to a point that I got so bad that I just I didn't think anyone wanted me around anymore, that I wasn't useful to society, to myself, to my friends, to my child, to to anyone. And I just I just thought the world would be better off without me, mm. which is just such a scary thing to think. But that's all I could think about. I couldn't think about anything else. And that's why I say, like, you know, it's quite a selfish yeah. thing because, you know, you're just inside your head the whole entire time. And it's just like... It's like this little voice inside you just saying, you're just absolutely worthless. Why are you bothering? Like, you know, even even when you have people around you telling you that that's not the case, you just don't hear it. And day-to-day life becomes a struggle. Like... Yeah. Going to work. You go to work because you're just sort of living through the motions. You go because you have to go. You get up because you have to get up. Because not everybody who is depressed lays in bed all day and cries and this. And that's what I think a lot of the misnomers are, is that... People are depressed who sit in dark rooms all the time, and well, it and actually, get to that point. <clears throat> and I think that is every you know, people are very different in the way they do things. But certainly with mine, I I was more I went to work and just did the things I had to do. But it was just going through the motion. There was no passion in it. That was just yeah. I have to do these things. But in my mind, I didn't really see the point. Because yeah. what what what's the point? That's how depression that, makes you feel. Exactly. What is the point? What is the point? Why am I doing this? Why am I getting up every day to do this when 
there's, there's like you said there's no point it's just mm. literally like I'm just wasting my time I might as well not be here and you know I did get myself signed off work and because I you know I couldn't even drag myself out I could just about manage to take my son to school and that was about it because I just couldn't I had like just to be able to do that and to breathe and to I was just exhausted. Mm. So, yeah, I did spend a lot of time, you know, in my pyjamas, lying on my sofa, just staring into space, wondering what the how the hell I was going to get myself out of this and not knowing a way out. And, you know, I started dropping my classes because, you know, I just couldn't concentrate. I couldn't... I didn't know, like, what the point was anymore of doing it because... You know, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I did actually try and take my own life, which is one of the hardest things to say out loud. Um, Outside of your circle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I joke about it all the time, but it's not... When you, like, think about it seriously, it's not... You know, it's nothing to joke about at all. Um, And... I mean, I can't really remember. I think my mind has blocked that day mm. out. All I can remember of it was feeling like, like, just let's just end it. I just can't. I couldn't take the noise anymore. I couldn't take the constantly feeling so down and worthless about myself. I couldn't take it anymore. I just wanted it all to stop, and that was the only way I could see a way out of it yeah but that I can't remember what I I like I know what happened but I can't remember any of it if you know Mm. what I mean like I can't remember (laughs) actually doing it no or any of that or like you know that part of it because I think I've tried to sort of block it out of my brain because you know I don't feel like that anymore and thank goodness <laughs> and I think it's a way of my mind protecting me from feeling that bad and I think it's important to talk about how it feels being on the other side of that also because you know you were on the phone to me a lot you know in the lead up to everything and you know I felt quite helpless because I would sit there and listen and and try and talk things out and and try and help in any way or give advice or, you know, have you thought about this and and different little things. But depression isn't always something that can be helped, you know. And it's a horrible thing because you kind of have to live through it and hope sometimes the medication does work or anything like that. But sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes you just have to live through it and hope you survive and that's a really awful thing I think to say about depression because there are many sufferers out there who have suicidal thoughts and want to end the pain but sometimes you do just have to ride it out and that is horrible but and it's really awful thing to live through but it is hard and it is hard for the people on the other side you know for me personally when you were going through everything I did feel quite helpless I didn't know how to help you I didn't know you know I was using every tool I've ever used to help with depression and none of it was working and I personally was the other person telling you to come off the medication because 
in my own experience, it didn't help me um, for different reasons as to why it didn't help you, which we'll delve into a bit later. Um, but it's hard. It's it's hard to see someone like that that you love so much, you know, and we're really close as sisters. So to know kind of the other half of you going through that is really difficult. But it it... I'm glad you obviously I'm glad you're through it I'm glad you're better obviously but um living through it I think it's again made us closer we've shared a lot we've been through hell and back with each other um and then you know just trying to help you has has made me understand you a bit more yeah which has been good in a way um but yeah I think with um what you were saying just a minute ago about like talking to me and trying to help me with my experience with depression the only person who can help you is yourself yes like you're the only one who can get yourself out of your mind because you know people can tell you all those coping mechanisms and I'm not bashing therapy or medication or anything like that no way but because everybody's different and everybody's different but for me I had to be the one who got myself out of that situation it didn't matter what anybody else was saying to me because my mind was attacking me all the time and in fact more more so I think if I think about it the more people told me or tried to help me the more my brain would be like why can't you just do that or yeah or just be like oh they don't know what they're talking about like yeah it's it's just all i can say is just everything is just an an attack Mm. it's just your brain is just attacking every little thing in inside your head like and just making you doubt everything and it it's just a horrible horrible like place to be where like and you would have thoughts you would think look I can't like I know what they're saying I need to be doing that but your brain would just be like I don't think so we're not doing that yeah like you can stay here in this hole and that's where you're gonna stay yeah and there's like there's nothing you can do about those intrusive thoughts or anything because you know I I mean I don't really know how else to describe it as it's just a constant barrage of self-doubt attack and like self-pity you know insecurities you know everything like that see now that's where i my depression is different to yours yours is like your own brain attacking you mine feels like there's an elephant on my chest yeah and there's no escaping it it's always there and it just overclouds everything makes everything really dark even the world seems darker you know there's no colours and things like that for me and mine is more you know this pressure Mm. on my chest and just you know and yes there are the thoughts where you're not good enough you're you know no one likes you and your friends are bored of you and your family are bored of you you know your partner's getting annoyed because you just sit around or you you can't find the joy in the little things or anything like you know see I think everybody's depression is is different everybody experiences it differently and that's why everybody is different to how they cope with it medication therapy you know just talking to friends talking it out with random strangers on the internet you know things like that or 
making videos on TikTok or things <laughs> like that, it everybody copes with it differently because I think everybody's is so different. And I think that's why it's quite hard for a doctor to treat depression because everybody's is different, whereas the medication only does one thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard because you have to find what works for you and during that process it can get worse and worse and worse so before we move on to talk more about um recovery and sort of how i got where i am today um karis would you like to talk a bit more in depth about how you coped with my depression and your own experiences with your own depression yeah so with yours in the lead up as i said previously you know all I could do was be there to listen you know try and help in any way that I thought would help um and then when you got really bad and the the night of the suicide attempt um obviously as soon as I knew anything was up rushed straight over um and then I I it was all just a kind of battle really is how I can describe it is a battle to make you want to stay here yeah and I do remember one part of it me and you just sitting on the kitchen floor both crying and me just begging you to stay to stay here with with me um and that that was the hardest bit I think is begging someone who doesn't want to be here to be here because that's really difficult um, and it's difficult to see your, you know, a friend or, or a sister in my case, you know, a partner or anything struggle to that point where they don't want to be here and you begging them to stay because you know it will get better, but it's hard to convince someone who's thinking like that, that it will get better. Um, and then afterwards, you know, in the in the next few days, it was more just being there for you and helping you do anything really anything you needed I stayed over for a few days um and then it progressed from there and what do you sort of you said you don't remember much do you remember much from when like the couple of days after you're still feeling really depressed yeah um I remember you and mum being there Mm. like all day and um getting quite annoyed about it (laughs) yes to be fair um because I wasn't at the stage where I am now where I could talk about it and I was still very much in the state of you know just the intrusive thoughts and and everything and you two sort of being there was making it wasn't making it worse for me but you felt like at the time I felt like at the time because my brain was being like kind of I think in a way like the the demon that I had of depression in my brain was like oh god they're trying to help you like get them away so you can end your life or whatever do you know yeah. what I mean like my brain was just being like no no you know you can't you can't let them in um because you've got to stay in this horrible hole of despair so you know it was quite a struggle for me I knew you were there to help me and you loved me and you wanted, you know, you didn't want me to hurt myself or anything like that. I mean, I didn't want to. I just, I just didn't know how else to make, to make it stop. Um, So, 
yeah it was it was kind of like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because you know I wanted you there to like help me and comfort me and make me feel better but at the same time I didn't want you there because like the like the depression was like they're getting in the way because depression feeds upon depression exactly yeah it is one of those things that it wants you to stay there because it, it's like its own entity. It needs feeding. It needs you to stay in that place to keep it going. If you then, you know, accept help from other people or medication or anything like that, then it, it starts to, you start to starve it and it and it goes not away completely because I think people who suffer with depression, it's always there, it's always ever looming. But I think it wants you to stay in that place so you don't want to accept help. And I think that's, a big thing of it is that when you're depressed you don't want people to help you because your depression wants you to stay in that hole and wants you to stay in the despair and feed it more so it can grow and grow and grow to the point where you do want to end your own life and that's a horrible place to be so obviously we've talked quite in depth about my personal experience with um depression and a specific time in my life where it was really bad do you want to sort of delve a bit more into specific times in your life where you felt really depressed? Yeah, so there's been a few, like, standout occasions. One when I was sort of coming into late teens, early 20s, which I was just... It wasn't... There was no, like, everybody asks you again, like, what was the trigger and all of that. There wasn't... And I think I think actually a lot of it was to do with... with um, our dad passing away and things like that but and not dealing with it so I became really really depressed couldn't find any joy in life felt this heavy pressure on my chest all the time just the world seemed darker and everything and I went to the doctors and again similar to your experience had the medication prescribed and I didn't personally get on with it I personally I took it you know I gave it a fair shot but to me, it didn't exacerbate anything or make anything worse. It just made me feel numb. Like, I couldn't even feel happy or sad. Like, I wasn't sad anymore, but I wasn't... I couldn't find any happiness either. I was just very numb and very robot-like, you know. Yeah. It didn't... I just sort of coasted through life and just was like, okay, this is how it is now. This is this is how I'm going to live with no emotions. Um, and after a while, I just thought this, this isn't for me. So came off it and, and everything was brighter again. Everything felt better. And I think I'd come through the other side and maybe that was it. Maybe I only needed it for a short time. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I felt much better coming off of it. Um, and then since then, there's been a few occasions where I've just, for weeks just felt sad all the time and cried about everything and just not wanting to get up in the morning not wanting to do things but doing it anyway because that's what I had to do I had to go to work I had to do this and you just I pretty much walk through life with this heavy feeling of feeling depressed and not wanting to do much at all thinking I'm a burden on everybody and things like that and it does get to the point where you think, oh, what's the point anymore? Because it doesn't. It makes everything feel pointless. Yeah. Um, going to work feels pointless because, you know, what's the point? There is no, you know, and it makes you question. There's no future here. 
and your friends you think they're so sick of me being depressed all the time and they they try and help and like you said before like as much as people will give you advice and be like oh have you tried this have you tried that yeah I'm depressed that's it yeah you know and it's nice that your friends care about but then you start to feel like a burden because they're like oh how are you feeling are you still depressed yeah I'm still depressed because I have depression yeah you know so and it it sort of does make you again like we said earlier selfish because all you think about is your depression how depressed you are how sad you are and everything becomes really exhausting because you're having to put on an extra face to just go and do your job and if if you work in a job where you face the public you have to you can't be like I'm depressed (laughs) you know you have to be can I help you with that and yeah you know your happy normal self but it's a face so it it's a mask so it exhaust you so by the time you get home you're so exhausted and with my other people are different but with my depression I stop eating right and I stop giving it I stop caring for myself I stop yeah you know personal hygiene is a big thing with with depression is Same. yeah I was what's exactly the point in having a bath exactly what's yeah. the point in washing your hair what's the point in putting on makeup what's the point in styling your hair what's the point in in picking an outfit that looks nice you just shove on what's comfortable yeah Disaster has just struck. Oh, <laughs> podcast room in that a picture frame has just very nicely yeeted itself off my wall. Okay, well we'll we'll, we'll move on from that. It was obviously feeling depressed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> feeling depressed about listening to us talking yeah. about depression. It's had an hour. Picture frame has given up. So yeah, back to where we were talking before the photo frame rudely interrupted. I think it it's really hard to get yourself out of it but once you're out of it it feels great the world is brighter and you have to find your own way of coping you have to find your own way and what works for you medication might work for you therapy might work for you talking to friends and families talking to strangers making tiktok videos doing anything keeping journals you know writing about the dark days so that then when you are feeling happy you can look back and go oh okay i don't feel like that anymore that's great you know, or reflecting on why did I feel that way? What 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 caused it? Because sometimes there is a cause, sometimes there's not. You know, how can I in the future cope with this? And it comes and goes. And I think everybody who suffers with depression will say, you're never fully over it. You're never fully no. get rid of it. For me, there's ever this dark part in my brain that is there. And sometimes it looms over more. Sometimes you can really ignore it in the back of your head. But it's always there. You're, you know, I will always be a person who suffers with depression. And it's unfortunate. You know, it's one of those things I wish I didn't have. And I'm sure many people with depression would agree. They wish they didn't have it. They wish they could just be happy. Normal. Yeah, yeah, that, that quote-unquote normal. Normal. But, you know, when you are happy... And I think that's an important thing to discuss as well, is when you are out of it and you're happy, I think, personally, you're a happier person than than people who don't suffer with depression because you know the lowest of lows. And you really, I personally, really appreciate the times that are happy in my life. Yeah. And the times that I feel really good and I don't have the depression and the dark cloud is really pushed to the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Let's do this. And I'm more motivated, you know. And I know everybody has has periods of that. But I think with people who suffer with depression, the highs are the high and the lows are the low. And I know Mm. that sounds a lot like bipolar, but I think it's on a very similar track because 
bipolar is to do with like really dark periods and, and hyperactive periods so i think people who suffer with depression have that slight in them yeah definitely i was just thinking um when you were talking about um you know when when you're feeling happy and, and thinking back to when you've been depressed um we were talking about this off air um how weird it is you know doing doing this episode and talking about that dark period of my life and thinking back to it now I'm not in that place like you said you know there's still like residual things there but I just think it's just so weird to think about it's just such an odd experience to think well how did I get there like what the hell was going on like it's it the mind is such an incredible thing that you just like don't can't comprehend you know now I'm out of it how the hell I ever got in there in the first place and and what was going on and and it 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 really boggles me I just think oh what the fuck was going on there like Jesus guys pull yourself together do you know what I mean so in a way like I'm kind of you know sort of doing that stereotypical thing of being like you know pull yourself together what's wrong with you why were you why did you ever feel like that like it's such a weird feeling to to be talking about this now and to go through it for on the other side whereas you know when I was going through it I could you know if if my thoughts were like real life words and and speech could easily explain yeah why I, well not maybe not why I was feeling the way I was feeling but the things that were being said in my brain to make me feel the way that I was feeling do you yeah, I, I do get what you mean. And I think it's important sometimes to look back and, and, like we said, you know, sometimes laugh about the fact that you felt that low or, yeah. you know, whatever, about what essentially is kind of nothing. You know, because a lot of the times that I've had it, it's there's there's nothing to be depressed about. My life was going, you know, apart from the time that I was on antidepressants, the other times I've experienced it, I've always been in in quite a good place, like good job, living with a partner, you know, and just sitting well, yeah, there that's thinking. The same with me. I had everything going for me. Yeah, you know, I had a good job. I had my degree. You know, I had a house. You know, roof over my head, food in the cupboard, everything from an outsider's perspective. And a like, lot of people will say that to you. So why are you, why are you depressed? depressed? You've got nothing. Not, you've got nothing, nothing to, be to be depressed, depressed about. about. <laughs> that is a big thing because I I had that a lot you know I was living with my partner who I'm still with um and I just was depressed for no reason just absolutely depressed just no joy and I think you know it's it's exhausting being depressed for no reason that yeah that's the one and then you come out of it and you think how did I have time to be depressed yeah like now you look like I look back now and I'm like how did I fit all that depression in yeah like with working and socializing because that's the thing even with depression like for me personally I still do all the things that I do now I still socialize but inside of me I'm like oh I'm really depressed but don't show it because no one's going to understand because there is nothing to be depressed about in my life or so it looks like on the outside it's just a chemical imbalance in my brain that goes you're going to be depressed now so okay (laughs) that's it and um it you know you look back and you think how did I fit all that in? How did I let that all-consuming in my brain and do my work and socialise and have a partner and do all the other things that you do in life? How did I fit all that in? Because now I think, 
I, can't, I haven't got time to be depressed. No. <laughs> you know, where am I going to fit that time in and how did I fit that time in? So we've talked in depth about our experiences with depression and now I think it would be a good time to sort of talk about how we came out of those situations and, and recovery as such. So Bryony, as you started us off with your experience, can you give us your experience on how your recovery was? Yeah, well, I mean, there was no... I don't really know how to say it. It was all a bit of a blur, really. There was no real, like, remedy or or thing that sort of happened or thing that I did that made me recover. It just... I don't know. It came to a point where, even though you're not supposed to do this and the doctors advise you against it, you're not supposed to stop taking your meds just right off the bat. I did the same. But... I did that. I just stopped taking them. We are not giving medical no, advice. No, we are not. Um, you, you are supposed to gradually come off them, but I just stopped taking them because, you know, it came to a head where I just thought, these, these are not helping me. In fact, I think they are making me worse. And obviously I had people around me saying the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I just stopped taking them. And it, it, I don't know whether it was the next day, because like I said, it was all a bit of a blur. But for me, in the, in the timeline in my brain... It was sort of like the next day, it was like a, a like whole a, weight had been lifted off like me. A like a switch had been flipped. Yeah, exactly. Like a switch went off on my brain and I took control. Yeah. Like the depression wasn't controlling me anymore. I was controlling it. And I felt, you know, in, instead of feeling like I didn't want to be here anymore and, you know... I was like, no, I want to live. I want to be here. Mm. I want my life. I want my life back, you know. Even with my experience with you you could see it in you that suddenly yeah. your face looked a little brighter and that you were fighting to be here actually and not so many people said that to me like even my yeah. lectures at uni were like you're like a completely different person to how you were like last week or something like, yeah it was just a night and day for me and you know I had to so you know because I'd felt so bad and I just in my head I just kept thinking I don't want to go back to that place again I don't want to because I was so scared of feeling like that again I had to let go of all the anger and the pain and the grief that I've been holding on for so long um just because I just didn't want to go back to that place again because it was just such a black hole so in a way going through that gave me the tools to be able to let go of of all the anger and stuff that I was holding inside of me um so that I could be happy again so that I could feel like myself again and I wasn't carrying around this burden and you know the biggest thing as well that helped me was like opening up and talking about how I felt which mm. is something I never really did before and not that I didn't want to but that my brain wouldn't let me it's like no no you don't need to talk about that like nobody wants to hear that nobody's interested in how you feel but now I can sort of say to you or mum or my friends do you know what today I don't I'm not having a good day today and there doesn't have to be a reason for it um or I can sit and talk about if there is a reason for it about how I'm feeling but you know opening up and it and being able to express my emotions, express my feelings, and and say if I'm feeling down or or anything like that really helps me. Yeah, and I think that's important 
to anyone out there who's suffering with depression it may feel like you can't talk to people but find either a friend or a therapist or a life coach or anybody that will help you through it because your experience although you had the darkest of times your recovery it took a while Mm. but at least you know you didn't have to you didn't go down the therapy route whereas mine I more needed help to see clearly so when I when I was depressed and I had the antidepressants and I just came off them my I thought in my brain right okay so you're going to stop taking them you need to get some other help so I had counselling which for me was really helpful um, and it's important to find a counsellor that you like you know the first few I saw didn't like them didn't want to talk to them so found one I really liked Um, it was a lady she was lovely and she really helped me through and I think then opening up and talking to friends is really important and saying to people I'm not okay yeah but that is okay and justifying it to yourself that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to sometimes let that depression get a bit of a hold of you but then you know telling yourself okay I'll give myself this time and then I will get a grip of it and I will deal with it and I you know and find that thing that works for you and even think simple things like people say exercise is important like get out there work through your stuff on a run or go and take a class or you know speak to a friend anything like that it's really important to try and speak up and and if you can't do it straight away do it in baby steps or phone a random helpline to an anonymous person and just talk it out so that you know you don't feel like you're being a burden to your friends if that's how you feel and I think that's that's a really big message that we want to say is is talk about it talk about it to anyone whoever you're comfortable with go out there and and get some help because you don't want to fall into that pit of despair where you there is no way out and the pain is too much yeah because like even though it is the hardest thing to do when you're feeling depressed or any sort of mental health issues is to talk about it but that is the best thing that you can do so you know like you said it doesn't have to be a friend a family member a partner or anyone you can just ring a helpline which um we have on our our bio and our instagram so if you if you need to talk to someone you know especially if you do feel a burden on on your closest you know people then just to to ring a hotline speak to to a stranger and it 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 just makes you feel so much better just to talk about it and just to let it out it rather than weight off you yeah rather than being all internal and in your head even if it makes you sound like mad as a box of frogs <laughs> do you know what i mean like you know it doesn't have to be concise you're not you're not writing a novel you're not you know it can be sort of all over the place and your thoughts are all over the place but there are trained you know professionals out there that can and sit and listen and maybe guide you and give you advice and and get you through to the right people to help you and even if there's no trigger because we all know how i hate the word trigger <laughs> here she goes again <laughs> and because sometimes there's not you're just depressed no that's well my... there was no trigger for that part yeah. of my depression like we just said you know an outsider looking in would be like why are you depressed you've got everything going for you you know you've got great friends you've got a great career ahead of you you're doing really well but you know that's the thing with depression it can just come yeah from nowhere and there's nothing you can do about it because there doesn't have to be a reason no and that's you know and the people who are trained out there know that and know there's not always a trigger and will help you that's where i think sometimes 
it is good to talk to your friends and let them know how you're feeling but sometimes it they will give it the old question of well why are you depressed what's yeah. making you depressed nothing i'm just depressed that's how my brain works you know and i think um we'll go on to talk about um situational depression in a bit but i think for me being depressed for no reason is the worst kind of depression yeah. oh 100% because there's not there's there's not nothing you can do about it but there's nothing that you can change there's nothing that you can say right you know that person's bringing me down or that thing or you know yeah anything so it it can't be changed as such because it is just your brain going now we're going to be depressed and also you know your brain saying to you well you know it's your depression your brain saying to you well why are you depressed then you are depressed but why are you depressed because everything should be fine and 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 then you start questioning yourself as well so it's just like like i said before it's just attack 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 and yeah and you know contradictory thoughts and and things like that that do just make it so much worse yeah i completely agree so we just briefly mentioned um, situational depression. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more now, um, such as uh, the pandemic, um, dealing with toxic people and uh, contraceptives causing depression. Um, Karis, you've had a little bit of experience with that. Do you want to sort of talk about that a little bit? I mean, a little bit. is <laughs> slight understatement. Yeah, so um, I'd... I've been on the pill since I... Well, I'm not anymore, but... I've been on the pill since I was 16. And, you know, you go for your regular pill check and they were like, oh, you know, there's this pill that's cheaper for the NHS. It's the same hormones. Do you want to try it? And I was like, yeah, cool. If it's cheaper for the NHS to produce, fine. Yeah. So, and I had not recently, but quite soon, started a new job and a new career. And I didn't think anything of it, just started taking it everything was fine and then you know I just started dreading going to this new job really couldn't handle the training um was calling you every lunchtime in floods of tears saying I can't do it yeah like I didn't want to go back I couldn't handle it and nothing like had happened I just felt like I couldn't handle it I was really depressed about everything and that was a job that required me to travel a bit um, not around, but like travel to commute to, um, and sort of every night on the way home, I'd think, you know, you drive over this bridge every day, and I'd think one flick of a wrist, and it yeah. could all be over, and that was really hard. That went on for weeks, um, and I did, I, I, you know, I talked about it, which was a good thing because then I was talking about about it to Mum one day, and she said. I don't understand what's changed. You really liked this job when you started. Oh, hang on. They changed your pill. And I was like, oh, yeah. This all started when I started taking this new pill. So quickly realised that this was not something I was actually feeling. It was it was something that was being sort of done to me as such. So went back to the doctor. They were like, yeah, no, that's fine. If it's making you depressed, we'll put you back on the old one flash forward a couple of years um they discontinued the pill that I was comfortable on and I'd always kind of brushed off when people said oh you know the pill made me really depressed or this or that or anything and I because I'd always been on one pill and been quite happy on it but having that experience showed me that finding the contraceptive that is right for you 
and right for your hormones is really really important um but yeah flashing forward a couple of years they then discontinue my pill put me on another one that wasn't the same as the one i was on before that made me depressed but put me on a new one and again experienced severe depression um you know not just unhappy in everything and wanting to cry all the time so i took the step of just do you know what i've had enough of being on hormones i've had enough of being on the pill i've come off it and now i'm off it i think for me personally i think past the age of about 25 women should consider coming off a pill if that's something that you can do because i actually think it exacerbated my anxiety made me really depressed um they stopped doing the one that that seemed to balance me out so for me personally coming off the pill was was really great for my mental health really helped you know with i still suffer with anxiety i still suffer with depression but it's the the symptoms aren't as bad anymore um but yeah definitely that's a huge part of situational depression is is changing that thing that is making you depressed so you know in regards to situational depression my partner recently uh suffered with situational depression in a job he had you know and I knew he was unhappy and I didn't know how unhappy he was and it started to affect us and he you know I started to withdraw from him because he was just not a nice person to be around and I didn't realize that that was his situational depression and then one day he had a breakdown and and said to me he'd thought about you know had suicidal thoughts thought about you know ending it all because of this and I said to him just just change the situation then just change your job so he did he he left that job and and with no prospect luckily we were in a position where he could yeah um which isn't always possible but he then you know um took some holiday from that and then um had two weeks where he wasn't working but then found another job and and started quite quickly which was really good and now he's really happy in that new job and he's not depressed anymore which is really good well i think with with his situational depression that's all linked to the pandemic yeah. wasn't it because he was working from home which you know at the start everyone was like this is great i can just roll out of bed sit in my computer in my pants or whatever yeah. and you know and and do my job but as as time went on and you know as i know your partner's quite a sociable person as yeah. well not having that aspect of of it and and having that reason to sort of get up in the morning get ready and go to work and you know interacting with other people and you know things like that can can really get to you yeah because now with the new job he's in when he started it people could start going back in the office and because it's quite a small team they were allowed back in the office and he he's been really happy there he's you know coming to his own in that job he's really enjoying it he likes the team he works with and, and going into the office and it's a stricter dress code as well you know most days is shirt and trousers it's dressed out fridays as most offices are but it means he has to look nice which i think then internalizes makes you feel nice and oh yeah definitely like we touched upon before when you're feeling depressed personal hygiene and and you don't take care of yourself yeah you just don't. don't care no no and and that's a big thing so i think situational depression's really hard because sometimes you can't see what the situation is that's causing it um or it is more difficult to change like for me and both my both me and my partner that was something we could change so I changed my pill or eventually came off it and he changed his job not everyone is lucky enough to be in that situation where it can be a fix like that like yours for example yours was more to do with the pandemic and something outside forces 
is yeah with um with all the lockdowns and stuff that did send me back into a type of depression not as bad as as the one before but again I was feeling very down and and very low and very lonely and you know but because but I knew in the back of my mind that that was because of the situation it wasn't because of my brain and intrusive thoughts or anything like that I wasn't sort of attacking myself or feeling worthless um it was just because of the fact that um you know this was all going on we weren't allowed to see People. people you know and I you know as I just sort of recovered a couple of years ago from a really dark time and I you know liked having people around me that was quite a hard thing plus I was also having to still do my uni work and my dissertation and everything a plus homeschool a child mm. and everything that all sort of you know got on top of me but I knew in the back of my mind that you know it wouldn't last like that forever and so for me it wasn't it was nowhere near as bad but it was still you know like I think we spoke about it in the anxiety episode about one of my coping mechanisms is control yeah and because the rules were changing left right and center who kept up with them you know and it and it was like constantly every day on the news mm. in the you know the the meetings with the three guys and daily and updates daily up, that's mm. it that's the one yeah Boris. um you know changing the rules and saying you can't do this you can't do this and then because at the you know at the beginning it was very hard for you know it was hard for everyone of course but I think it was a lot harder for sort of single people oh yeah I mean I had my son so at least I sort of had someone to but I mean I can't sit down and talk to him about how you feel you know how I'm depressed about the pandemic and people are dying and all this is going on on no exactly but you know I had him as company I had him to sort of take a bit of the relief Mm. away but you know, you know, okay, yeah, you can FaceTime, you can talk to people on the phone, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Like you know, many of my friends and everything have had lockdown birthdays where it's only been a Zoom call, which is all very nice, all getting together and having a Zoom call. But it's not the same as all being in the, the same, same room and celebrating a friend's birthday or anything, or just being able to sit in that room and not even talk with that person. I think the the pandemic brought on a lot of situational depression for lots of different people yeah. for lots of different reasons single people for being on their own like you said you were lucky enough to have a son a few of my friends completely live on their own and had you know no one else to talk yeah. to apart from on facetime or phone calls or zoom calls you know and even with work you know i i in the very beginning i was only working one day a week and obviously lived with a partner but he was working all day i found it quite hard and I spent most days all day on FaceTime to friends and things yeah. like that but it's not the same and you know it's not like you could go out and just it's not like having a holiday week where you're just like oh I'm gonna go out and do this we couldn't do anything we couldn't no. really do anything in the very beginning and that was really hard for a lot of people and I know friends of mine who have got more than one child or even one child found it really hard to homeschool and keep their sanity and you know people even with partners and stuff obviously like it's been all in the news that domestic violence went up in that yeah. time you know people were trapped in these homes with with abusive people or um you know and I know that poorer families found it hard because there were no school dinners and things like that were really hard so I think everybody suffered with a part of situational depression throughout the pandemic and I think if you say you didn't I think you're lying. Yeah, definitely. Bits of it got you down, you know, everybody. Well, I mean, as a human race and human species, we need that social interaction. You know, yeah. 
even though I'm not the most sociable person. But you are to an extent. Yeah. Everybody has a circle of people they trust. I have a very select few people that I trust and that I like to spend time with. And when that's sort of taken away, you know, it it gets you down because you don't you don't have like your coping mechanisms to to deal with that. And it was a very scary time because no one it really was knew what terrifying. was happening. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you didn't want to get this deadly virus that could potentially kill you no matter what age you were. You know, I know yeah. a lot in the beginning everybody was like, oh, it's the vulnerables who will die. Well, not necessarily. Look, with lots of people who unfortunately passed away and they were in their prime of life, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, with with me, with like um, my agoraphobia and that, you know, every time I leave the house, I think something bad's going to happen. Then and they then gave I'm you being, a reason. Then I'm being told there's a deadly virus that could kill me and I'm like, oh my God. I'm never leaving. <laughs> Barricade the doors in, you know. But on the flip side of that as well, being told to stay in my house, I was like, no, I don't want to stay in my house. But then I don't want to get sick. And I it think, was just, it was I think it did help time. you with that because I think we've touched upon this before um it made you actually realize there isn't you know you need to go out you need to you know it wasn't your choice to stay indoors and when that choice is taken away from you you go hang on this isn't my choice anymore I don't want to be stuck in here yeah you know and when when choices are taken away from you and I think that was a big thing as well is is freedom stripped away from you is is hard and it makes you depressed because we didn't have any freedom for ages you know it was very difficult in the beginning and I was lucky enough that I was only not working full-time for about three months after that we went back and worked full-time and that was that was good because that gave me something to do every day yes the weekends were still mind-numbingly boring because (laughs) nobody could go and do anything and I'm not a person who can sit around and do nothing I'm a person who has to go out and and constantly keep active and do things so for me I was just like oh right should we just watch Netflix and that doesn't entertain me you know I can do it for a really good series for a couple of hours and then I'm like right what's next yeah you know so it was a lot of long walks and (laughs) a lot of getting out of the house when you could safely obviously as you mentioned earlier also something that can bring on situational depression is is toxic people so you know people who can bring you down you know when you're already feeling down people who can feed into those insecurities that your depression is giving you is is a really hard trait to see in that person um it can be friends it can be family it can be anyone really a boss you know yeah it could be anyone I've had toxic bosses in the past that have made me feel rubbish at my job um and actually you know looking back on it now no I wasn't it was them trying to be superior over me which I think is a lot to do with that toxicity is they want to feel superior they have their own insecurities um which is a big thing we'll we'll cover in another episode of bullying um it's that they have to feel that power over you so bringing you down and when you're already in that depressed state it's important to realize who is feeding into that depression and trying your best to limit your contact if you can't limit if you can't cut them out completely because that is the best thing to do with toxic people who only feed into your depression or anxiety or bring you down and and make you feel worthless or not the person that you want to be if they don't bring you up then then I my advice would be try and cut that person out but when it comes to like your manager or someone that you have to interact with and there's no escape then 
you have to learn how to distance yourself and go that's a them problem not mine yeah so try and distance or try and you know separate that what they're saying is actually a reflection upon how they feel in themselves and they are reflecting how they feel onto you and trying to bring you down with them and that's a really hard thing to kind of spot and and recognize yeah that's some really good advice um definitely try and minimum minimize your contact with with someone who's bringing you down and making you feel depressed and making you feel like you're not the person that you should be on you're not doing the right things and 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 things like that but you know sometimes it is like you said very difficult to to do that because you have to have a certain amount of interactions with certain people that you can't just cut out of your life and and even even when you recognize that they're that they're saying or doing these things to either reflect their own self-worth their own feelings you know it can still sometimes get to you you can't help it you know it's if if you're constantly sort of told one thing you sort of start to believe it yourself yeah and i think that's where it's important to then talk to someone else about it yeah who's not in that situation and they can go no that person was out of order they shouldn't have said that to you that's not true that's yeah. not the person you are you know and then you can go oh actually so if somebody else thinks the way i originally thought maybe they are the toxic person they are you know only trying to make you feel bad yeah i mean yeah i agree with you but it, it is hard to sort of distance yourself from that sometimes when when you do have someone sort of saying things to you you do especially having dealt with depression and having dealt with those inner demons those inner thoughts and and your own self thinking that when you've got someone else even though you know in the back of your mind that that's not true like we so, said earlier yeah. depression feeds on depression exactly so when somebody feeds some outside force feeds into it makes it worse and can be very hard to get you bring yourself out of that or not let it feed it and not let it grow even more yeah that, yeah so well that was a lovely cheery episode um i think the important thing to take away from this is if you are feeling depressed in any way the best thing to do is to talk about it like we've said many times it can be a friend it could be a relative it could be a stranger on a hotline it could be a therapist just get your feelings out there and talk about it because that is the best way of dealing with it and stopping those intrusive thoughts just taking over so that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you have been affected by anything you've heard today, please head over to our bio and Instagram where there's a list of services and numbers that you can contact. Bye! Bye.